Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I hope you are having a fantastic day today. So today I want to talk about speaking up when you don't feel like it's safe to speak up. Recently, I have been giving talks to corporate leadership teams, including my own, on how to make it safe for people on their teams to speak up. Leaders often are in a position of power, and it's hard for employees to speak their mind in fear of the fallout. In one of my recent leadership talks, a person asked me, how do you go about speaking up if you are truly scared of the outcome? This is a tricky question to answer, but it's such a good question. And the reason it's hard to answer is, well, it depends on the situation. I wanted to answer the question carefully. I didn't know this woman's situation and I didn't want to give her bad advice. So I needed to do a little bit of thinking on it. I love what Amy Edmondson, professor of leadership at Harvard Business School and author of The Fearless Organization, Creating Psychological Safety in the Workplace for Learning, Innovation, and Growth, has to say about it. She says, I have found that people can think of at least one time, and usually many more, when they held back from offering an idea or asking a question at work, despite believing what they had to say might be important. Even worse, people fail to speak up not just with bad news or dissent, they also withhold improvement ideas, unless they are extremely confident the ideas will be welcome. This is because people are vulnerable to the implicit logic that safe is better than sorry. Look, I get it, holding back is natural, and Amy does too. She continues, no one wants to look ignorant or incompetent, and there's a fundamental asymmetry between silence and voice. Speaking up is effortful and might make a difference in a crucial moment, but it might not. Silence, in contrast, is instinctive and safe. When people are willing to speak up, it's usually because of considerable effort has been put into creating a culture of candor, learning, and innovation that facilitates the open sharing of ideas, questions, and concerns. Wow, I want that kind of culture. That's what I'm working so hard to create. After reading this, I thought a lot about the topic and how I would formulate my own advice, and I came up with the following points. First, I'd like to talk about the reasons why you should speak up. Number one, most conflict between people begins with poor, or worse, no communication. All too often, we expect other people to read our minds. And worse, we try to read other people's minds. And quite frankly, we are terrible at guessing what's going on instead of other people's heads. The singlest greatest problem in communication is the assumption that it has taken place. The only way to improve the situation is to give people the information they need, which can be as simple as saying how we feel about a situation. Number two, the only way to get what you need is by, well, telling others what you need. Sitting and silent is torture. Watching things go wrong and not speaking up is destructive. Why do you want to do this to yourself and others? Is not saying something truly better than staying silent? I don't think so. Tell others what you need. Number three, words have power. They can heal and they can create action. Every time I've had a difficult conversation, good has come out of it, even if it's messy in the beginning. I remember when I was unhappy in a job in my early 20s. I was so afraid that I would get fired if I told my boss how miserable I was, but I couldn't stay in the job. It was damaging my psyche. So I mustered up the courage to have the discussion with him. I was so terrified, but as the words tumbled out, I was surprised at his compassion. He told me that my happiness was important to him and that he would help me gracefully exit the company. 
That's when I decided to move back to Colorado. He let me stay on for six weeks while I got my life together to move from Texas to Durango and gave me an excellent reference when Stone Age called him. If I hadn't spoken up, I would have continued down a destructive path that would have led him to firing me or me just quitting with the two week notice, which would have left him in a tough spot. Finally, number four, honest communication can disarm people. We all have difficult people in our lives. Some are being difficult on purpose, but most aren't. Most people are consumed with their own issues and their own BS, not paying attention to how their baggage is impacting others. When you bring up the impact of their actions and behaviors, you give them a chance to see themselves through your eyes and ask for support or forgiveness. An easy way to do this is to say something like this. You seem like you're angry lately. Is, it, is something upsetting you? This allows you to point out the behavior while seeking to understand what's going on. Okay, now let's talk about how to speak up when you're scared to do so. When thinking about holding a difficult conversation, we allow our assessment of what the consequences might be dictate whether we're going to say anything. In trying to decide whether we will speak up, we project. We assume that we know what others will think, feel, and do with no evidence other than the evidence that we make up in the moment, evidence that we make up in our own heads. What makes it even worse is that we support the projection of our future state by creating a story that justifies our inaction. We make excuses. I need this job. My boss hates getting news like this. I have to work with this person. He'll hate me if I say this. Do those sound familiar? The first step in, in getting over your fear of speaking up is to examine your fear. Why are you afraid to speak up? Do you have data that validates this fear? What do you know to be true? Where might your thinking be flawed? Most of us exaggerate our fears. We miss out on opportunities to improve a professional or personal situation or relationship simply because we think things won't work out. We need to admit what we don't know and try it. Remember that nothing ventured is nothing gained. Second, think about timing, location, etc. When you do speak up, you want to be heard and making sure it's in the right place at the right time matters. Giving your boss feedback, make sure it's private and that you've considered his or her schedule. Don't cram it into back-to-back -back meetings. Want to share an idea but are intimidated to do it in a meeting? Practice on a colleague, then request it be added to the agenda. Be prepared so that you're more comfortable. Want to circle back and say something after the fact? Schedule an appointment with the person and follow up privately. Want to bring up a culture issue within the company? Talk to your boss first. And if he or she doesn't hear you, talk to your HR department and seek advice on how to handle it. But always think about your timing. Always think about how you're going to communicate. Delivery is important. Third, practice what you want to say. That way you're ready and less likely to get emotional or veer off track. Think about your delivery. Yes, delivery matters, especially when you feel like you don't have power or status. Be cool, calm, and collected. Talk about observations and facts, not your perception of what's happening. Be prepared and remember that your delivery matters. Practice it. Fourth, disarm the situation by admitting that what you're about to say is difficult for you to do so. Say that you're scared of the repercussions. Showing a little vulnerability helps you connect with others. Plus it sets the stage that this is gonna be a hard conversation and a better chance for the person to hear you. Fifth, always have an outcome in mind. Go into tough conversations knowing what you want from it, even if it's just to be heard. 
This will give you the confidence to ask for what you want. Look, silence can keep you out of conflict, there is no doubt. But it also means that people won't know what you think and feel. If you don't speak up, your ideas and suggestions will be ignored because no one else knows them. By trying to protect the feelings of others or avoid feeling uncomfortable yourself, you perpetuate your own problems and you're foregoing the opportunity to make things better. And lastly, speaking up over time will give you the confidence to keep doing it. I've said it a million times and I'll repeat it. The only way to get good at doing hard things is to do hard things. The adage is true. You don't get what you don't ask for. Be true to yourself and speak up. Okay, question of the episode. This comes from a listener of Reflect Forward and he asks, Carrie, I know you use an executive coach. Do you also get coaches for your employees? Yes, 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 yes. Many of my employees have coaches and it's the best investment I have made in terms of people development. I hire coaches to help high performers gain new insights about themselves and others and help them build new skills. I hire coaches to help high potential employees who are also struggling. I hire coaches for employees at all levels of the organization, not just the executive team. I also use my executive coach for team coaching, which has been tremendous in helping us create a disciplined management system and has dramatically improved our ability to execute our strategy. Overall, the investment I've made in coaching has paid dividends. I think all leaders who are looking to be exceptional should hire a coach. And all leaders who are looking to develop exceptionally high-performing teams should use coaches to help develop their teams. Okay, well, that's my episode for today. Hopefully there was some useful advice in there for you. Thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to hosting you on the next episode of Reflect Forward. And if you like this podcast, please consider liking, sharing, rating, and reviewing it. It's always helpful. Thanks so much. Have a great day.